Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood Podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week we talk all things WNBA and links, as we normally do, but this week specifically we talk about the WNBA Finals, expansion that'll be coming in a, a few years, the links in the 2023 WNBA season, and uh, what they might do this offseason, what they might look like in the 2024 campaign when that eventually comes along next year. And we do all of that with the one and only Chelsea Late from Windsider. Um, I I'm, have the pleasure of writing alongside, uh, working alongside, and writing alongside um, Chelsea at, at Windsider, along with the rest of the crew there. Um, Chelsea does a great job um, with, with covering the, the WNBA, um, as well as her, her job with uh, covering the Toronto Raptors in the, in the NBA. Um, but we talk a little bit about, um, you know, expansion. We, you know, that, that was one thing I, I really wanted to talk to Chelsea about and get her insight on um, with the recent news of the Bay Area getting a, um, an expansion team. Another team will likely follow um, in, in expanding the, the WNBA to 14 teams in the 2025 season. Um, but one of the teams that are one of the markets that was rumored to be, um, you know, a part of that expansion was Toronto, was, was Canada. And uh, Chelsea is, is based in Toronto, so she has firsthand insight on the market there, um, what, what the vibes are like with, um, you know, the recent news that the, the Bay Area is getting a team. Um, and, and we talk a little bit about, you know, the WNBA Finals. She's been following that series closely, um, as well as, um, you know, we talk a little bit about the Lynx and, and her other work that, that she does with, with SB Nation, um, with Windsider, and, and everywhere else. So... I appreciate Chelsea for joining the podcast, and it was a great conversation with her. So let's jump right in to the conversation with Chelsea Late. Chelsea, how are you doing? Thank you for joining. I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, we were we were just actually talking about this right before we we started recording. That it, it's been a while. You you were I think one of my first guests um, that that we had on oh. on the the podcast. And here, what 29? I think we're on episode 29. So 29 weeks later. We yes. uh, we're, we're starting to circle back on some of the some of the guests. So I I appreciate you joining. Um, and it, before we f- jump into things, if if you don't mind just plugging some of your work and, and where people can find you. Yeah. Um. Well, for WNBA content, you can find me on Windsider, like Mitch, or on uh, Swish Appeal. Um. I also write uh, about the Toronto Raptors for Raptors HQ for Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, and then just a few other freelance things you can always find on my Twitter account, which is just at Chelsea late, um, or my Instagram, same handle. So yeah, that's where I, where I am most of the time. Yeah. And we also were talking about this a little bit before, um, a kind of a unique tie to, to your NBA coverage. Um, a lot of WNBA fans are, are and Lynx fans are familiar with, with James Wade, um, former Lynx assistant, um, head or assistant coach. Uh, former GM and head coach of the Chicago Sky, and now an assistant with with Toronto. Uh, I guess you you what this recently you, you had chatted with James. How how are things going with James? Yeah, it's been great. I remember when the news came out that he was coming. I know like all of the WNBA people were kind of upset about it, but I was so excited <laughs> to have him come to Toronto, especially just because they cover the team. And like when he was here in May, one of the main talking points over the weekend was just how like cool he was and how like excited he was to be there 
Um, so yeah, he's uh, now an assistant coach uh, with the Toronto Raptors and it seems to be going well on their end. You know, from what I've heard, everybody just really likes him and he's a really great personality to have on the coaching staff, very knowledgeable, um, really fits into the system that they're trying to build with this new coaching staff. So that was fun. And yeah, over the weekend, I got to catch up with him at practice a bit and just ask like how his transition is doing and um, what's it like being on the team and, you know, called back to that WNBA game and a few different WNBA mba things and yeah he was just super nice and like great to talk to and um you know seems to be uh transitioning well into the mba and uh is enjoying himself and so yeah it was fun to catch up with him i'm uh by the time this comes out i think my piece on raptors hq about that will be out so i mean you can always go read that but mm -hmm. yeah it was cool he basically it was funny one of the main things from the whole weekend was that he like called toronto his house like Scotiabank Arena because he won the game and so he was like mm -hmm. I'm the first WNBA coach to win this is my house and so when I brought that up to him on Saturday I was like oh like is it nice to be back in your house he was kind of like you remember that and I was like <laughs> dude that was like the main story yeah. of the whole weekend like everybody remembers that so that was just a fun little moment with yeah. him but yeah he's great yeah he's he's not only a, a great coach but he's just such a nice personality he's such a down-to-earth mm -hmm. person um, and you get that a lot with with a lot of people in the WNBA that you deal with. You do also deal with obviously people on the other side of the spectrum. But um, that's one thing that I took away when when he was in Minnesota. There was, you know, for an assistant coach, you don't really they don't get a lot of the spotlight. They don't really get a lot of the interviews. They don't, you know, a lot of people don't really talk to them. Uh, they know of them, but don't don't hear from them that often. But he was always somebody that that I just loved talking to. And um, whether you're you know the owner of the team or you know, the janitor, he treated everybody the same. And, and that's, that's, that's James. So I'm yeah. happy that he's, you know, taking this next step. He seems like he really wants to try and see what he can do in, in the NBA, make a name for himself in the NBA rather than the WNBA. Um, but mm -hmm. he's, he's done a lot in the WNBA already. So that's, that's cool to see, but I'm, I'm excited for what, what you uh, experience with him throughout the year. He's, he's a good, good guy, but yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, kind of shifting back a little bit to um, WNBA. Um, one of the the reasons, well, actually, before before we jump into that, let's um, let's talk a little WNBA finals. Um, yeah. I, but by the time this comes out, um, we'll be gearing up for Game Four. Um, it's kind of been a little surprising, but maybe not surprising at the same time of what we've seen so far. I think a lot of people expected, you know, Vegas to to kind of come out firing. Um, you know, I. Mm. I after the the two zero series lead, I I didn't anticipate Vegas winning like they did in in the first two games. But yeah. you know, going into Game Three, I think a lot of people expected New York to bounce back and and respond, and they they certainly did. So, what what are your thoughts on on the series so far, and has it changed at all what what you kind of anticipated going into the series compared to what we've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, those first two games definitely caught me off guard. I expected them to be a lot closer than they were. I mean, game one was a little bit closer, especially in the in the beginning. Game two was just wild. Like the the dominance that the Aces showed from beginning to end was not surprising because we know that they're capable of that, but just surprising given the opponent and given, you know, how up and down their rivalry has been all season. Um, and then yesterday's game, I mean, truthfully, I wasn't able to sit down and watch all of it because I was at the Raptors preseason game, um, but I caught little bits and pieces between stuff that we were doing there. We had it on in the media room, which is nice. Um, and yeah, just nice to see the New York Liberty kind of like look like the team that we had watched all season a little bit more and 
nice to be at home and seeing, you know, the like record number of fans mm -hmm. and the fact that they were able to just kind of celebrate how far they've come in the season without, you know, I know that the odds are kind of stacked against them right now, but getting that game at home, I think was really important for them. Um, and then, yeah, just like seeing, unfortunately, Chelsea Gray go down in the end was so upsetting because now that kind of changes. Well, we don't really have many updates on her, but like if she ends up being out for the next game, that definitely changes the dynamic of these two teams. And for the most competitive series, you obviously want everybody to be healthy and you want everybody to be at full strength. So you get that like most competitive, you know, um, matchup. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, you wouldn't want New York, not that they, you don't want them to win, but like if they do end up coming back and we get a game five, there's going to be this whole narrative of it's because this and it's because that. And so that's never good because, you know, for New York, you want to prove that you can do it no matter what, but for Vegas, you're obviously, you know, missing your, one of your best players. So yeah, it's just like tough. And this is what happens obviously in the postseason, And especially in the finals, you get to this like grind where people's bodies are tired and, you know, stuff like this sometimes happens, unfortunately, but yeah, it's definitely been a little bit more up and down as opposed to just like straight up competitive. Right. Like I was expecting when we went into it, I'm still hoping for five games. Like, we'll see. I have faith that New York can maybe win the next game. And then I would just love like a do or die mm -hmm. game five. Like, I think that's what we all want. So um yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's been interesting too, to, I think, well, at least one thing for me I was looking forward to or looking at in this series was the guard play. I thought that that was going to be a, a key thing. But also, you know, looking at like Jackie Young and, and you know, Laney for, for New York, like those two have been keys for either team. You know, it's always that yeah. supporting cast beyond the stars. Um, yeah. Not saying that, you know, Young and, and Laney aren't stars themselves. They are. But they you know they it's those players that makes makes the difference in the series and it's interesting on the side of the aces i mean you look at jackie young she you know went off for 20 plus points in in the first two games she gets held to eight points in game three and in in return las vegas loses so it'll be interesting to see especially if if you know chelsea gray isn't able to isn't able to play in, in game four how Jackie Young responds because I think that'll be a really key thing to to what takes place in this in this game oh for sure we were talking about it a bit last night once you know Chelsea was out um just like how Vegas responds because the thing I think that's really different about these two teams is that I think New York has a little bit of a deeper bench whereas Vegas just has a lot of star power in those starting five and so just taking one of them out of the equation just shifts the whole dynamic of that team and you try and figure out who's going to come in to replace Chelsea Gray's minutes because it's a lot and it changes like I said the dynamic of everything and Jackie Young would definitely have to be someone who stepped up in that situation um, and they need a little bit more from their bench too so it's it's interesting to think about and but you know we always hope that she'll be able to play because mm -hmm. you want to see Chelsea Gray in the finals. Right. Playoff Gray. She's yeah. I, she's one of my favorite players to watch. I, And that's even coming from a Lynx fan who was, yeah. um, you know, obviously in the midst of those, those sparks Lynx rivalries and, and watching her uh, uh, kind of take it to take it to the Lynx for, and she still does now, but yep. she's, she's a lot of fun. You got to respect the the talent and the, the mm -hmm. star power that, that she, she possesses, but um, you know, looking at, you know, now obviously we're at a 2-1 series, Las Vegas, 
do you think we'll we'll end up seeing five games? I, I know you had briefly mentioned that going into the series. I thought it was going to be five games, but do you think we ultimately see that? Or do you think Vegas closes it out? I mean, yeah, at the beginning of the series, they definitely expected five games. Um, it's interesting because we're going into another New York home game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a little bit of that thing where like maybe the aces will con- like calm down. That's a weird way to put it, but like step back a little bit, just maybe they're like, Oh, we want to win at home. Like, Maybe they, they're so confident in themselves. They're like, if we take it to game five, we'll be at home. We'll be able to celebrate at home. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're just like, okay, let's get this done. Like, And again, Chelsea Gray's like status has a lot to do with that, I think. I do think I'm like very hesitant to say yes or no based on the fact that we don't know her status yet. Right. And I mean, by the time this comes out, maybe we do know the status. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, until then, and I mean... I could see New York just getting a lot of motivation from the way that they were able to perform yesterday. Um, If they're down Chelsea Gray, maybe that, you know, helps them a little bit in the sense that they have one less like huge player to like Mm -hmm. guard. Um, So it'll definitely for me, like if Chelsea Gray is in, I'd say maybe they wrap it up and just finish it up. If she's out, maybe New York pulls through. Um, yeah, but I do think it'll be five. And if it goes back to Vegas, I mean, it's hard to to think that Vegas isn't going to to close out at home. Right. It, it's also, it's tough once, once a team gets a win, you know, like, mm-hmm. like New York, I mean, you know, looking at the series in totality through three games, Vegas has been the better team, which is why they're up to mm-hmm. one. But, yeah. um, you know, once a team gets a win, it's, it's dangerous. It's like ripping a bandaid off and then you never know mm-hmm. what can happen. But, and especially mm-hmm. you throw in the gray situation, it, it it's I don't know it, it it'll be interesting to see what happens I I hope she is able to play um in game yeah. four but if not that that opens a door wide open for for the liberty to to step right in and force game five which I hope happens I yeah selfishly I want five games I want it to go its entirety I I think it'll be fun to see that atmosphere in Vegas and watch those two battle it out in a game five yeah but, it'll be cool for sure yeah absolutely one of the other things um, I was really intrigued to to get your insight on was expansion. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, recently, we we had learned that there will be at least one team um, officially in the 2025 season that that joins mm-hmm. the WNBA in the Bay Area, getting a team. Um, you know, we talked at the beginning of the season that, or yeah, kind of earlier in the season that, um, or the last time you were on, I guess that you know, we were, we were talking about Toronto. That was right before the Toronto game in the preseason, the Lynx and sky played in Toronto. Um, we talked about the potential of, of that expansion team going to Canada. It's not necessarily looking like it as of right now, but what, what are your thoughts on not only the, the expansion team that, that we already know of, maybe the rumored expansion teams, but what are your thoughts on, on Canada, maybe eventually getting one or, um, you know, or, or not getting one, I guess. What, I, what are your thoughts on the overall situation? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, it's just so exciting that the league is expanding. It just mm-hmm. kind of means that the work that we're doing to grow the game is working. And the fact that people are so excited to have a team in the Bay area is really great. You know, we always knew that that was probably going to be the first team to get a expansion um, bid go through. So it's really exciting. And, I mean, it kind of sucks that it's so far away from even you and me and a lot of people who are kind of on the East Coast, like you want, and especially because the other rumor team is Portland. It's like, okay, two teams on the West Coast, a little bit like, eh, like it's fine, but it's still exciting. And it just means that the league is growing and 
hopefully this is just the beginning of a lot of growth in terms of maybe getting more teams or, you know, all Mm -hmm. that stuff, expanding the rosters, you know, so many things that could happen from this, like, you know, first step. And then in terms of Canada, I mean, it definitely was disappointing. I knew that it wasn't probably going to be Toronto right now, just in terms of flights and that whole situation. So I wasn't expecting Toronto to have an announcement last week when we heard about uh, the Bay Area. But then on top of that, to get the news that same day that MLSC, who is the team that or the organization that owns like the Raptors and the Toronto Maple Leafs and basically would be the people to put in a bid for the WNBA to hear that they are no longer pursuing that um, just based on some reports and some stuff going on with their organization. It was really disappointing because you think about all the work that we're putting in to promote the game up here. It's hard to, to cover the WNBA when there's no team in your market and when there's no team in your country, like it's, it's hard. You have to deal with, you know, a lot of stuff across the border. You have to deal with time zones. You have to deal with, Um, the places here in our market, not necessarily wanting to cover it that much because we don't have a team. And so they're like, okay, are you just covering the general, you know, league and stuff like that? So um, we have been doing a lot of work here and there's definitely a community that wants it. I mean, I was in an Uber the other day with um, Savannah, who's another uh, woman who covers the, the Raptors with me. We were in an Uber and we were just talking about the finals and, you know, the aces and the Liberty and our random Uber driver was like, oh my gosh, the aces are totally going to win. Like I've been watching all season, like we should totally have a team in Toronto. And so it was just like a nice moment where we're like, there is a community here. Like mm-hmm. there is a huge women's basketball community here that would support a team. And I think the next steps now learning the stance of MLSC is just to like keep going to like make it so that they have no choice, but to support it, they have no choice, but to think, okay, this is going to be a great thing for our community and whatever. And right now it's just kind of about money talks and all that stuff, which is frustrating because it's so much more than that. When you think about, you know, the benefits to the community and stuff like that, but yeah, it's uh so it's a lot of mix of emotions. It's bittersweet for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Just because we've all been doing a lot of work up here to try and, you know, grow the game and show that the WNBA would be welcomed here. Um, but it's also really cool to just know that the, the league is expanding in general and there'll be a lot more opportunities for players and especially Canadian players because there's so many coming up right yep. now. So we're definitely in an era where there's going to be a lot more Canadians in the WNBA and I'm excited to support them and, you know, continue to, to show that we're ready here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, I, I obviously, you know, we, we even talked about this or we have talked about this in the past. I do think Toronto is ready. I mean, I, I, I think it's a great expansion location. I do think that, you know, looking at everything with with flights and, you know, that travel issue that the WNBA is still dealing with or that that they need to figure out. I would say that, you know, if you do get two teams or whatever in 2025, having two within the United States and then in when they do want to expand even more, figuring out that travel situation Mm -hmm. and then expanding to Toronto, I think personally that that would make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, or the most sense. Um, I just, I think they need to figure out travel regardless, but yeah. that, that, that I think is maybe the, the a topic before having a team, especially mm-hmm. out of the country, you know, and, and trying to deal with that. Do you kind of agree with that as well? Yeah. And that's why I really didn't think that Toronto was going to be a part of this particular announcement or round, just because I knew that the flights thing was a little bit far off still, like definitely could be figured out by 2025, but like, at the same time, that's, 
closer than I think we realize right now. We're still in like 2023. I mean, mentally, I'm still in like 2019. So, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think it, I was a little too soon. So I was like, it's probably not going to happen. I wasn't surprised. And they do really need to figure out the flight situation because, you know, as much as a lot of people say like other leagues have done it and it's not that much of a, because when you think about it, traveling between the United States and Canada isn't that strenuous, but when right. you think about doing it, for say a back-to-back game or like a every other day kind of thing. Like it's a lot. And especially when you think about the condensed years of the WNBA, when you think about the fact that they're adding more games every season kind of to this thing, when you think about, you know, how tight the schedule is sometimes it would definitely be a lot. And so, yeah, I definitely, I agree that the, they would need to be chartered flights for a team to be here, both for the team here and for everybody coming. Cause it would just be a lot to, to navigate having to do like customs and figure right. out visas and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So um, yeah, that's why I, w- I wasn't necessarily disappointed in the fact that Toronto wasn't in this round. I think it was the like other news that came out that day about, yeah. you know, the bid itself that was a little bit more disappointing overall, because, you know, as much as I want expansion to happen as soon as possible, obviously you don't want to rush it and you don't want the put to put the players in a situation where they're like having to, you know, do all this border stuff and mm-hmm. add more stuff to them. So yeah, definitely we need to figure out the chartered flights thing. Yes, I, I agree. What, if, when, I mean, you obviously firsthand know of the support and the kind of the, the market that is Toronto and, and, you know, the support that Canada has shown for, for the game um, and for mm-hmm. the league. Did the, you know, the preseason game between the Lynx and the Sky, did that kind of surprise you did that reassure you did were you you're like I guess what are your thoughts on the support that was shown um in that you know in that game and in everything that has followed or maybe increased since then yeah I mean I definitely wasn't surprised like I knew that Toronto was going to show up like that and I knew that it was going to be really exciting I think the thing that maybe surprised me or like came out of it more than anything was that a lot of people like in the United States, that was the time where they were like, Oh, okay. Like there is a community there. Maybe that they didn't think before. Like I definitely know a lot of or um, American media that maybe wasn't convinced before and then saw that game and the response that we had to it and was like, Oh, okay. Like Toronto is definitely on my radar now. Like I didn't realize that this was such like a huge thing. Um, which is understandable. I mean, not to dig at Americans, but sometimes Canada gets forgotten in a lot of mm-hmm. ways when it comes to sports and coverage and media and like in all aspects, not just sports. So um, yeah, I think that was one of the nice things to come is that since then there's definitely been a lot more buy-in from Americans about Canada as both like a WNBA market and just like a basketball, women's basketball and women's sports community. So that's really exciting um, and really nice. And then in terms of what's changed, I think just like people are talking about it a lot more. I think we did a really good job of getting that game out into the media. And then even back then, like my main talking point was basically like, we just need to keep talking about it after this weekend. Like this Mm -hmm. weekend is really fun. Don't get me wrong, but we need to continue. And I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping it you know, in the media and keeping, you know, just the league in general in Canadian content. We've had a lot of games shown here on TV and people are bought into the finals and all this stuff. So it's, it's really fun. And I think over the, this summer is the most I've ever heard 
Toronto talk about the WNBA like as this whole season. So that was really exciting too. And just a lot of like new fans coming in from that game was yeah. really exciting. So it's definitely been a fun summer, even without the team. Like I know a lot of people here maybe support the Liberty because they're closer or support, you know, the aces because of, you know, all the star power or support the teams that have Canadian people on them. So it's just really cool to see like the reasoning behind, you know, where people lend their support and the fact that we don't even need a team here to um, just really have like a really strong WNBA community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, hopefully in, you know, in a couple of years we're, we're talking again about expansion. Hopefully we're in a situation where, they have the flight situation figured out and in the leagues in a much better uh, stance in that regard. I think overall that that would be great because that signifies that the league is growing. The league is seeing mm-hmm. more support um, and, and it's not, you know, regressing or, or going the other way or, or even staying the same, but um, mm-hmm. no, that, that, that's great to hear. And that that's the biggest thing, like you said, with, continuing to talk about it continue to keep that ball rolling I mean that's within the states and anywhere um that mm-hmm. you know that that's the biggest thing is you know we always talk about get get the game in front of people's eyes and they'll enjoy it um it's the same thing with talking about it just continuing to make it a common thing make it a common conversation like like we all talk about the NBA the MLB you know NHL whatever it may be um you know, just, just make it a, a regular thing and, and people will support mm-hmm. it. People will enjoy it. And I, I think we're finally getting to that space with the yeah. WNBA, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. One exciting thing was I was on the BBC the other day talking about the WNBA mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, that's cool. We're like in England where they don't have a team and like right. whatever. And like talking about it in the UK. So, you know, there was definitely a few things in that conversation there was a few like mispronunciations and stuff like that, but I'm like, at least they're like trying to put this on the radio, like, and trying to get people invested and all that stuff. It was cool. It was like a cricket segment and then me. And I was like, wow, I feel so international (laughs) right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's becoming more of a a global game. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a a thing that, you know, we, we saw in Canada with, with the support that's without or outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. that's that's great exposure and uh, yeah I, that that's awesome I, I that that's the biggest thing with with the continued growth of this league is just getting it in front of people and, and continuing mm-hmm. that conversation that's awesome but um when it comes let's let's talk a little uh I'm gonna put you on the spot here let's talk a little links okay. if you don't mind all right um, let's go what uh what do you I mean obviously their season came came to an end against Connecticut they they did push the series to the only three game series in the first round um you know, kind of looking at what took place and, you know, looking at this team in totality and, and kind of moving forward. What are your thoughts on what we saw and maybe what what could could be in this offseason and beyond? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we learned about the Lynx this season, which we all kind of like knew, but it was proof this season, is that they definitely need to make it the Nafisa Collier show, mm-hmm. which I think it was this season. But I think just like investing more in building around her and making sure that you're um, putting her in a place that will help her succeed in terms of like who you pick um, definitely had like an MVP caliber season. If the team itself had performed a little bit better, she was in there and vote. She got um, first team nod, which was great. W- all w- Can't even speak all WBA first team. <laughs> That's tough um, to say. <laughs> it, yeah. It's a, it's a word scramble <laughs> for sure. But I do think that we saw a little bit of um, glimpses of, how you could use her in the future and like be a very competitive team. And I mean, they definitely didn't get off to the best start this year, but I think 
probably learned a lot about how they want to build this team in the future. Um, one thing that I was like pleasantly, I wouldn't say surprised because I knew this going in, but like Dorka Yuhas was the steal of the draft and I'm mm -hmm. excited for them that they got her and that she ended up on a team that needed her um, because I've watched her in college and very much have always liked her game. And so, you know, having her and Diamond Miller um, as like kind of the rookie movement of this team um, to pair with Nafisa, I do think that they need a little bit more of a stronger like point guard presence and maybe they'll address that in the draft or maybe in free agency. Um, but I think that's like one of the final pieces to put this team together mm -hmm. is just, you know, a very strong guard option, point guard option, and just, you know, making sure you make every decision with Nafisa Collier and how she plays in mind because that's your like centerpiece and she's really just coming into her own and just really dominating and I'm really excited to watch her play for the next couple of seasons and um you know one of those stories that you just love to see because she's truly like and I was lucky that I got to talk to her a bit when she was here in Canada but like the one of the nicest players I've ever spoken to in my entire life mm -hmm. um and so just someone you want to succeed and so I'm glad Minnesota has that like franchise player now that they can kind of build around and I do think this past season as much as it was a little bit up and down for them was probably a lot more beneficial in terms of like learning than the past couple seasons were for them and so I think at the beginning of the season we were talking about them a little bit more as like a low playoff slash maybe lottery team where I think now they're definitely a bit on the up and I'm very excited to see what they do in free agency and in the draft. Do they, do they have a lottery pick? I forget. They will have that. Yes. Um, they'll end up having, I think what, like a mid round first round pick um, this year. Yeah. But So in this year's draft, which is probably going to be really strong, they're right. going to grab someone really great. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully they pick a guard and we'll just yeah. like go with it. That, that's the biggest thing, I think, with this team moving forward is maybe not even necessarily improving at the guard position, but just having consistency there. Mm -hmm. That's something that that hasn't been there for since Lindsey Whalen was on the court. Like it, it, yeah. it seems like every year they're switching who's in that starting role. I mean, it was, yeah. um, you know, Crystal Dangerfield, then it was Mariah Jefferson, it was, um, you know, Lasia Clarendon. It was, you know, this past year with Lindsey Allen. It's just been a consistent like switch of, of, of the guard or changing of the guard, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, I mean, if Lindsay Allen's going to be that player, she did great this year. Um, I you know. Do I think that they're, you know, they could improve beyond Lindsay Allen or maybe get somebody in there to start over her. Sure. But if they can't, you know, having that consistency and having that, that, that player back um, will, I think be very, very beneficial for this team. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, think they're, What's do you up? think they're in the do you think they're in the Skylar running? You know, I don't know. I I go back and <laughs> forth on this. I I I think uh, I don't know. I I Yeah. I think she's worth looking into. I think they they got to you, you got to take that call or you got to have that conversation, but you know, it's another thing. It's kind of like an aerial power situation where mm. there's there's kind of a lot of baggage that comes with um, you know, yeah. Skylar and now she's a great player, but I, you know, if, if they did want to maybe have a bridge guard come in, um, you know, I have her be a guard for you know, one or two years and then focus on somebody else, then, then maybe, but um, that's the tough thing with, with this off season is there, there's not a lot of options out there. There, there was earlier, but um, you know, the, with the extensions during the year that, that kind of thin things out, but mm -hmm. they, they're in a tough, tough spot, but 
it, they have, they have flexibility. They, you know, if, if they want to, you know, package a trade or, you know, a, a pick together for a trade and a player for somebody else, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. If you can find a suitor, um, you know, they have plenty of cap space. They can go out and go and add somebody if they, if they would like, they can add a couple players if they would like. Um, so it, it'll be a, an interesting off season, but yeah. do you think that they're going to go get, get Skyler or do you want that? Do you think that? There's definitely a few potentials. I do think she would fit in terms of what they're looking for. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if they would go for it. Like you're saying, like um, definitely would like cost a lot for them, obviously. And so I'm not sure if that's like the right move right now based mm-hmm. on their trajectory, but Minnesota would definitely be like a fun option for her. I'm, I don't think it's my top spot for her. I'm still thinking like, maybe Atlanta, mm-hmm. maybe Indiana, like who knows, but yeah, there's so many options for her. And um, I do think no matter where she ends up, like she's one of those players that will play well in any system because she's just that good. But yeah, definitely intriguing to think about where she's going to go. Yeah. I, th- I think she's going to have a big year this year just because, you know, mm-hmm. she's that, that kind of player to the, with the proven mentality. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I think she's going to come up with a little sense of urgency to to prove, oh, yeah. you know, I, I deserve the money I get or I did, you know, mm-hmm. I, you guys all forgot about me, that kind of stuff. But any any team that she's on their first game against Phoenix is getting circled. Yes. Yep. Like I will be there with the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. I need I, to watch that. I agree because that yeah, the, the amount of trash talk alone that's going to be taking mm-hmm. place during that game is going to be worth the price of admission. Like, I don't think I've ever been so preemptively excited for a revenge game because, yeah. you know, based on her personality, she will have a revenge game. Right. <laughs> you know, it's going to be insane. Plus, yeah, all the trash talk, all of the like yeah. back and forth that happened, especially last season, all the mm-hmm. stuff that they were going through. Yeah. Plus, like, yeah, ooh, it's going to be great television. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's going to be I mean, it's just great for an entertainment standpoint to have her back in the yeah. league. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. and she's a great player. I mean, she's you know, she's so good. She's an all star. She's you know phenomenal. But um, when it when it comes to the links next year, do you think they're going to improve, take a step back or kind of be about the same as what they were this year? I don't think they're going to take a step back. I think it's either thinking about being on par or better Mm -hmm. um, and their free agency and and draft is probably going to be a determination of that. Plus if they can all stay healthy and like their roster decisions, honestly, Um, it's really hard with the WNBA because they have such small rosters. So you, you know, it's a lot of tweaking and a lot of little Mm -hmm. stuff that affects it. Um, But I, I don't think that they're going to step and take a step back just because they improved throughout this year so much. And I think that momentum will carry them. You're going to have, you know, Diamond Miller and Dorky, who has both who is Diamond Miller playing overseas. Yeah. She's playing in Hungary. Yeah. yeah. So you have like, they're going to develop quite a lot over mm-hmm. the European season, come back, you know, be in their, you know, second year and probably right. be a lot better. Plus whoever you add in the off season, plus the fact that Nafisa Collier is probably going to play the same, if not better than she did this season. So I do think we could either see them go up a little bit or stay the same um, unless something like detrimental happens in the off season and they like, you know, lose someone that they thought they were going to get or whatever, whatever. Um, I don't think they would step back. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you said that. Cause I, I totally agree about the diamond Miller aspect, how she develops this off season and the step that she takes next season or step back, step forward, whatever you want to call it. I, 
I think that that will rely or that will result or kind of play a big factor into the success or the failure of the team. Um, Just because, I mean, Cheryl Reeve talked about it during the year that, that Minnesota didn't have a big three. They had a big two with uh, Mm -hmm. Kale McBride and Afisa Collier, but they need Mm -hmm. someone to step into that big three role. um, And Diamond Miller's that player. And it, you know, it'll be interesting to see how she develops this off season. If she continues to, to work on her game and if she continues to take a next step, um, because she was, you know, she is kind of a, a raw player who has a lot of potential. Um, and, and we saw that with her ups and downs throughout the year. But I, I totally agree with you that you know they this offseason will be big for her and or for you has, but, um, but specifically for Diamond in in developing, um, you know, into becoming that star. Because if she can be, this team will be very good. But mm-hmm. it it'll all rely pretty heavily on that. But. Well, cool. Uh, Chelsea, that that's really all I have for you. I, I appreciate you uh, you jumping on the podcast to talk a little expansion, links, finals, everything in between. Um, I, I appreciate you you joining and all of your insight. And um, like like you said earlier, everybody go follow Chelsea on, on social media, follow her work on, on SP Nation, uh, Windsider, um, a lot of great stuff. So thank you for all your work and thank you for joining. Yeah, anytime. Thanks. Thank you once again to Chelsea for joining the podcast this week. I really appreciate her joining. I always enjoy chatting basketball with her. Um, enjoy chatting, talking just about anything with her. She's she's awesome. She's a great, great, not only a great reporter, great writer, but a great person. So I appreciate everything that that she does for the game, um, and not only the WNBA but on the NBA side as well. So make sure you go follow Chelsea. Make sure you uh, are, are following her work. There's a lot of great work that's being done by. By her at Windsider and elsewhere. So please go check her out and make sure you're following her wherever she may be. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing for producing this podcast every week. He does a great job on the back end of making sure that everything sounds great. Make sure you guys get the get this podcast at a timely manner every week. Um, so I appreciate all the work that Jeremy does. I also want to give a shout out to our our two sponsors and two partners of of hitting the hardwood. Um, homage and better edge Let's start with the with better edge um, you can go visit betteredge.com b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com there's where you'll find their very user-friendly website um, you can do anything from betting by yourself betting with others betting in competitions doing pick em leagues whatever it may be not only in the WNBA but other sports as well you can find it all at better edge um, a great group of guys there that that started minneapolis based company like i mentioned um, you know they they do a lot of great work. They're a great company. They're on great values, and they they are they're an awesome community involved um, uh, business. And and they also just happen to have a very user friendly and very enjoyable uh, betting platform that that users can use. So please go check them out. If you're a first time user, go check out betteredge.com forward slash links. Use the promo code links. That's L Y N X when you sign up for the first time, and you'll get twenty dollars in free play. So please go uh, check them out. Go try use that twenty dollars, um, and go enjoy the the betting platform as much as I do. I, I honestly use it on a daily basis. Um, I really enjoy it, um, not only for the WNBA, for other sports. And as a lot of you know, we're in the midst of basically every sport taking place at the same time right now. So it's it's a great time of the year for sports fans, and no other way, uh, better way to to spend it than to try and win some money. I, I really enjoy betting, um, not only just for the, the entertainment factor, but um, you, you can also win some money, which is you know a great plus. So go check out Better Edge, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. And the second one is Homage. Um, I, I've mentioned this plenty of times, but Homage has some of the 
comfiest clothes. I'm not just saying this, the comfiest clothes that I've ever had and ever worn. Um, I have the, the, the WNBA gear specifically right now, the WNBA charcoal t-shirt, uh, the black t-shirt with just the WNBA logo on the front, extremely comfy. I have the, the, um, the Minnesota Lynx t-shirt and the Minnesota Lynx hoodie. Um, I'm actually wearing the Minnesota Lynx hoodie right now, and I absolutely love it. It's, like I said, one of my comfiest or one of the comfier things I own. Um, it feels like you're wearing a blanket all the time. So it's a lot of great stuff. They have a lot of really cool vintage gear, too. Um, a lot of vintage logos, vintage WNBA teams, other leagues, other teams. You can find really anything that, that you want at Homage. So go check them out, homage.com. Um, and uh, if you find our um, links on our website, um, you can. there's a specialty uh, Minnesota links URL link, and there's a WNBA URL link that if you click on those and you purchase something through Homage's website, a portion of that comes back to support hitting the hardwood. You don't get charged anything more, anything less. It's the same as what you would do if you, if you bought um, whatever you're buying through their website. But if you click those links or go through those links um, that I mentioned on our website, um, you can support hitting the hardwood. A percentage of that comes back to support us. So I appreciate anything that you can do to help support hitting the hardwood. And like I said, you can find that all on our website under our partners tab. Um, and then on that note, if you are looking for other gear as well, you can check out our Hitting the Hardwood store. Um, a lot of uh, really cool gear from sweatshirts to sweatpants to t-shirts to long sleeve shirts to cutoffs, um, tanks. Um, you can get mugs, you can get stickers, you can get pint glasses, you can get magnets, you can really get anything you want. And if you don't see anything or see something that you want on the website, let us know. Email hittingthehardwood at gmail.com. Let us know what you'd like to custom order, and we can do that for you. That's not a problem at all. Um, whatever you would like, we want to make sure that we are um, satisfying you in, in what you want and what your needs are. Um, so let us know if there's anything on there that, that you don't see or, or that you would want. And maybe we'll even add it to the store for future years. Um, and then on, on the other side of things, um, please go also check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. That is where you'll get a lot of exclusive perks, a lot of exclusive information. Last week, um, specifically on our, our Patreon page, I had written about um, the Minnesota Lynx going into the offseason, where they stand in the salary cap situation, what areas of need on the team are uh, moving forward um, this offseason and in the 2024 season. Um, and that is just exclusive, exclusive to our patrons. This upcoming week, I'll write about maybe some names that Minnesota could target this offseason. So if you, you would like that content in more, there is much more. You get newsletters three times a week. You get discounts that are hitting the hardwood store. You get, as I said, exclusive news and information and so much more. Go check out patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Try a seven-day free trial. Try, you know, just test it out if you like it. It's very cheap to do a, a monthly membership. So I appreciate anything you can do. That ensures the longevity of this podcast so that I can continue to do what I do and, and continue to do what I enjoy to do. Um, and that is bringing you guys links coverage, WNBA coverage, um, and basketball coverage in general. So with that said, let's enjoy the rest of this WNBA Finals. Let's, let's enjoy the start of the offseason. I will have an update probably next week or the week after on um, what we will do during the offseason with this podcast. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But until then, we're going to keep doing what we do. We're going to keep doing this on a weekly basis, and I will let you know whenever there is an update to that or a change in that. Um, so with that said, enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Enjoy this week. Enjoy following the links overseas. 
Um, and we will check in with you next week. And we'll probably, at this point next week, we'll probably be talking about who is the WNBA t- uh, champion. Um, well, actually, we will be talking about who is the WNBA champion, even if it goes to five games. Um, but we'll be recapping that, what we saw during the, the finals, um, and then what, uh, you know, what the offseason is underway. So what will what, come over the offseason, spe- uh, you know, specifically for the Lynx and the rest of the WNBA. So enjoy the rest of, of the basketball that we have um, and enjoy the finals. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.